Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Uh, very excited this week to have on Keisha Blackman, mother of Jordan Addison, uh, who was uh, drafted into the NFL last week. Uh, a lifelong dream came true. And uh, Keisha, of course, was by her son's side in the green room at the NFL draft. Uh, uh, saw him as he uh, got the call uh, by the Minnesota Vikings uh, that he was getting drafted and, and, and watched him walk across the big stage uh, in person. So we'll talk to Keisha about uh, just that exciting time uh, uh, for Jordan and, and, and the entire family uh, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but as always, uh, my colleagues here at the FNP, uh, Alexander Dacey, John Cannon, join me to talk a little Frederick County sports. and. Uh, here we are, fellas, at the end of the regular season. Uh, we got uh, some CMC, Central Maryland Conference Championship games coming up. Where do we sort of stand with it, with that? We have lacrosse this weekend. Uh, how are we look, boys and girls lacrosse? Where are we? How are we looking for that? So those, uh, as of today, well, we're recording this on Thursday night. So as of Thursday, we've uh, we've officially got both matchups set. So girls is Linganore Middletown rematch. Uh, and then boys will be Urbana versus Smithsburg because uh, the, the outstanding one there was uh, Catoctin versus Smithsburg for the um, the Gamble division in the boys, uh, and Smithsburg pulled out a 9-6 win. So. so in Smithsburg, they have a legit goalie, you said, right? Yeah, so, I mean, he was really standing on his head in that game, uh, and, I mean— you know, it was, it was, I mean, their, their defense is also really good. Like, Catoctin scored six goals, and that's the second most goals Smithsburg has allowed all season um, and the most to a public school team. So, I think know, they're about to allow a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say. There were, uh, so the, the Smithsburg and the Catoctin parents were kind of joking in the, uh, press box like well this is for this is for the right to get to get creamed by urbana <laughs> I mean, you gotta be realistic um but uh but yeah so we we do have those set and then uh baseball softball we have half of one uh one half of of the game set it's catoctin in both uh for both the gambrels but we uh, are outstanding on uh spires um spires winners Back to lacrosse. Is Smithsburg going to get totally overwhelmed by Urbana? Um, I mean, probably. Uh, like Smithsburg, Smithsburg is definitely good. Um, and I mean, really, they rely on their defense and their goalie. Their defense is is quite strong, and again, their goalie is outstanding. But Urbana, I think, just has way too much of a potent attack to that'll eventually overwhelm it. And Smithsburg doesn't have enough enough of an attack to you know play with Urbana. So uh, and, and girls across the Middletown and Linganore. Uh, and Linganore. again for the second straight year. Right, and and I I saw that matchup during the regular season. Middletown handled them uh, uh, fairly easily, I would say, as, as good a season as Ligonor has had. Uh, now their goalie uh, uh, played an outstanding game. Uh, Middletown's goalie um, uh, that, that that game, um, and, and and she she made she made a big difference. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, Ligonor was okay during that game, but Middle, Middle, but Middletown really showed their. Uh, uh, excuse me, show their stuff in that game. I mean, the thing is, like, Middletown probably has the best individual player in Ellery Bowman and the best goalie in Helen Bartman in the right. county. So, like, that that alone will carry you pretty far. Right. Um, and, you know, and not to mention they obviously have a very good supporting cast around them. They, they did lose to Urbana, who, who's also mm-hmm. a very good Middletown. But, but yeah, Tyler White, the, the Middletown coach, said they could be more aggressive because they have Helen Bartman yep. back there to play goalie. They, they can get away with, with, with more stuff. 
So, and, and then baseball and softball, like, like you said, are next week. We don't know the softball matchup yet. No, well, so we know for both that Catoctin is in both the baseball and the softball, but the Spires is up for grabs. Baseball is likely going to be Urbana. They just have to win one of their next two, which is Frederick and, and TJ. And when is this game, Tuesday? Uh, this is Tuesday, yes. So will McManus pitch? Probably. I mean, it's no, no, I think he will not. No, I think I bet that he the, not there will probably the the only way I could see him pitching is if they want to give him like what would effectively be like a bullpen, so like an inning. Okay, because maybe he, two. He, he typically starts early in the week because yeah. he, he's typically a Monday starter. Um, but they're gonna want to use him in the in the playoffs because that region they're in the Tocans in the one A West is probably the most loaded. Um, is definitely the most loaded 1A region. Might be the most loaded region yeah, because, in the state, period. The, the one team that beat in Boonesboro is in the region, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So Boonesboro's in that region, but then you've also got Clear Spring. You've got a couple big D1 guys. You've got, um, uh, oh, God, who am I forgetting? Smithsburg, Smithsburg uh, Williamsport's, uh, Williamsport's there as well. And then, Bru- I mean, Brunswick, too. I mean, you know, Brunswick gave them uh, the second time they played. They they kept it really close. They got the tying run to third. Um uh, to third in the last inning. So, you know, it's it's not a I mean, for for as good as Katakin's been this year and as good as they've been in pretty much, you know, every game, it's not a gimme. And again, that region is is so stacked that it's it, it, you know, you you don't you don't want to at least at least for their sake and what is affect, you know, not it's not a meaningless game, but like a game where there's no, you know, like like there's no sort of continuation, no sort of greater outcome beyond it. You know, again, they might throw him for an inning to like get him loose for a bull for a bullpen, but or effectively what would be a bullpen, but like, yeah, I mean they're not gonna. I think baseball, burn beyond that. I think baseball is the one sport where, where it's really not very popular. I guess it's a diplomatic mm-hmm. way to say it. The CMC game only because of the pitching, the pitching issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you know you don't want to burn pitching for for this something yeah. like now, that. Now uh, will Taylor Smith throw for Catoctin softball? Yeah, she did last year. I remember, uh, and again because they got a buy. I remember I forget the particulars, but Catoctin it was kind of like up in the air whether they get a buy. They got a first round buy, so they they threw her. But softball is different. I mean, they could pitch more often. Whereas baseball, you have pitch counts and they have to worry about their arms a little bit more because right. they overhand motions obviously harder um, than than in softball's pin motion. So. Uh, it's really one of those deals. You can always risk injury in there, but I think most coaches like the CMC game because it provides like a playoff-like atmosphere. But for baseball, yeah, there's a big, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a dicey thing because of the pitching situation. And, and I will also say for Catoctin, they are they do have a buy there. They will have a buy in the first round um, in their region. Now again, the the you know once they get past that game is gonna is gonna be the, gonna be a real gauntlet they're gonna have to get through. So again, maybe because they're gonna have a few extra days off. Maybe again, you give McManus an inning or two to like kind of get set. But also because he's he's someone that Mike Franklin's told me you know told me. At the beginning of the season, you know, they wanted to make sure he has a very sort of set routine be, and, you know, they want to because he's the because, I mean, he he is their, you know, the best probably. I don't think Scott Schroeser will say this point. He's the best player in the county by a pretty oh, considerable margin. Um, and I mean, he's going to get, you know, and especially given his draft, you know, draft potential, um, you know, they're probably they want to manage him very carefully. So, I you know, I don't think they're going to try to pull anything super rash. Does TJ um, play on uh, when do they play again? Yeah, so TJ has Urbana again on uh, Monday the eighth. Um, they also they also play um, Liberty this Saturday, which is a makeup from like way early in the season. See, both these games are important because they'll yeah. affect seedings for playoffs. Yes, so they matter. 
So all of a sudden you're going to have a team playing. Which, who plays? So again, who, Urbana play? Who plays on Saturday? Um, TJ plays Liberty on Saturday. Okay, and Urbana plays. And, and Urbana Monday. plays uh, Frederick tomorrow, Friday, and TJ. They the, right. Urbana and TJ play on Monday. Yeah, so both those games are going to count towards yeah. your seating. So you really, you want to win those, and then all of a sudden there's this Tuesday game. You know, yeah. Afterward, it's like. Yeah, I'm not trying to put it down. I'm just trying to set the set the stage mm-hmm. here and, and how it is for baseball compared to say some other sports. Right? Well, where where does Spires softball stand right now? It's a little confused. <laughs> well, what, what what happened? Um, so basically, Urbana's in the driver's seat because, um, Linganore and South Hagerstown, who are both contenders, are done, and they have three losses. They're eleven and three in the conference. Uh, right now, Urbana is there. What are they? Ten and two. They've got they've got two, two losses with two games yeah. left. So yeah. So they have two games left now. If they sweep, they uh, they win it by hands down. If for some reason they well they lose both, they aren't in the running. And then it's between Linganore and South. Now Linganore swept South during the regular season head to head. They beat them both times. Um, if if Urbana should split and end up in a three way tie, this is what we're trying to figure out. It's a little interesting because Urbana split with both Linganore and South Hagerstown. However, uh, Linganore swept South Hagerstown, so we don't know what the tiebreaker is. And I wish we did, and we'll have to find that out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, figure it out before Monday. Or so. it'd, it'd be kind of cool to see, because we talk about how they don't play, to see Urbana play Catoctin in, mm-hmm. in, right. in both the games. So uh, right. Because they're not, on the sched- they're not on each other's schedule. So. And I will say for baseball's sake, um, uh, uh uh, Catoctin did want to try to get Urbana on their schedule this year, but it just didn't work out. But I think the 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 it's, it, Mike Franklin told me that the, the, they're expecting that for the next several years. After starting next year, they're gonna uh, at yeah. least on the baseball side play because I mean again those are perennially the two best teams and you know, probably two of the best teams in the county. And you know obviously given the the class differences, they don't really get to play often. But right, um, you know it's it's a game I think both both coaches now kind of kind of want. Um, right for their for their team. So. All right, I want to walk through the various team, the the main team spring team sports with you guys, yes. and and sort of identify who the contenders are. That's baseball, softball, um, uh, and both the lacrosses. Um, we'll start with baseball. Catoctin definitely mm-hmm. a contender in one A. Um, if again, I mean, I think I think if the, if they get out of their region, they're probably in the driver's seat in one A. But again, that region is so hard that like it would not totally shock me if you know another team comes out of it. But sure. I think if they get through that region, they're in the driver's seat. Uh, Middletown Mid- and two Middletown's been. I mean, look, Middletown only has three losses. One is a tournament game to a team from West Virginia, so they don't even count that one for the standings. And the other two are both by one run to Catoctin. Yeah, you know, I mean, I you kind of have to consider them a two A 2A favorite. Uh, um, TJ and 3A? Yes, though they do have some injury uh, concerns they're working through. Danny Orr got hurt in a game last week, so, um, you know, TBD if he'll be able to come back. He's the county's but, leading hitter. Yeah, that's and that's that's kind of that's that's the big thing right there. So mm-hmm. TJ d- is definitely going to be very much in contention in 3A, though I think they're a little bit um, – I think again, I think they, they, they should be, again, in the driver's seat in their region, but they'll be – They'll be a little blunted, I think, maybe uh, potentially. And, and they forward, always but... play well in the playoffs. Right. And in so... recent times, they're 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 a playoff team. And uh, Urbana and Foray. Yes, and again, you know, I mean, Foray at this point is is once again Sherwood's to lose. So like again, Urbana will probably get out of the region, probably inevitably run into Sherwood again at some point. And Sherwood, and Sherwood mercy to Urbana to start the season. So 
you know, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But yes, they are a contender. Uh, softball one A talking. You would have to say yes with with Taylor yeah. Smith, right, John? Yeah, I mean with that pitcher, I mean you can ride her very very far. Um, they also have Megan Gray, who was out for a while. She's she's the county's leading hitter, one of the leading hitters, and she's back. Uh, so they yeah they they have a very good chance of going far. Two uh, A is interesting. Um, I think Walkersville was like my favorite team all year. I mean, not that I, I like them better than anybody, but I like seeing them play because they're a really good all around team. And they were in the semis last year. <laughs> exactly. With all, and they returned everybody from that. The interesting, the wild card here is Middletown. Um, they've had kind of an up and down season this year. They've had some injury issues, and uh, with their pitching in particular. And uh, Sydney Ledbetter, who's actually one of their top hitters, has come on really. She was a pitcher as well. Her arm is finally healed to the point where she's pitching really well right now. And uh, they gave Walkersville a pretty good uh, tussle uh, last week, and they they and they're in that region, so there's somebody to watch. They could be lurking kind of in the background there. And I'd be wary of them a little bit. Uh or the reigning champs, you would have to say uh, in, in 3A that they're, they're got another shot. They're not, yeah, but they're not in foul. They, they've had some stumbles. So, uh, yeah, they, they could get out, but they're, they're going to have to play well. I guess everybody does, but, I mean, they they, they got to watch themselves. I right. Like that. And how about Urbana in 4A? Urbana's tough. Um they're really, I just saw them today. I mean, we always talk about Delaney Reef. Yes, they have Delaney Reef. And they have this nice freshman now that's really coming on strong. A low Malkinall, excuse me. I mispronounced that. She's a shortstop. But watching them play, they're just good all around. They feel, they're solid defensively. Um, have, they have, 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 have wins over Ligonor. Uh, they, they beat Ligonor this year, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 and it's been a while for them uh, since they've made a really deep run, so. Uh, that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, lacrosse, um, girls, uh, Middletown and 2A. The problem for them is they have all the Carroll County juggernauts uh, in 2A. And so, they also, isn't Glen Elg and like some of the ha- good yes. Howard County teams as yes. well in their region? I, I, I think Glen Elg is, is, is na- nationally ranked, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Manchester Valley, who handled them uh, early, has been, I think Manchester Valley beat Century uh, 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 this season. So they might be the team to beat from Carroll County, but but Century, you can't, you can't can't discount either they're they're the perennial power so you you got to say middletown is got an outstanding team but but they just have some major uh roadblocks uh and uh, lacrosse is weird because they they mix up the classifications Mm -hmm. like you could be a 4a but then you're on like in a 4a 3a in lacrosse it's weird so I don't even know the specific classifications uh, for lacrosse. I, I think Urbana's for Urbana's for a Lingenor is three. Yeah, and the Urbana girls. I've heard from multiple coaches saying they're are really really mm-hmm. good. I mean, they're they they called them one of the most athletic teams they they've seen. Brandon Brubaker said they're one of the most athletic teams he's seen in this county in a number of years. And I mean, if you just watch them play, a lot of their girls they they really whip their shots. I mean, they they look like they're very experienced lacrosse players. So. If Urbana could get a good draw in, in, in girls lacrosse, I, I, I think they can make a pretty deep run. Now, uh, Ligonor, of course, handle, I, it, it's weird because uh, with the teams beating each other in girls <laughs> lacrosse because, yeah, Middletown that handled Ligonor pretty easily. Um, you have Urbana, which beat Middletown. And then you have uh, Ligonor, which handled Ur- Urbana pretty. Uh, How was that that game? Uh, was, was Urbana off that night? Yeah, or? I ever heard somebody say that. Um, I think that was right after spring break that maybe Urbana had been 
hadn't practiced during spring break. I, I think I'd heard something to that effect. The, I think they said, they, well, they, next they, year they won't they, they'll never need another spring break off. They, 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 well, they, they did not. Um, yeah. And now their band is practicing before games. Right. They, they decided to do an yeah, hour yeah, practice b- right. before games. So, yes, they took their spring break week off, and mm-hmm. I, I think they sort of paid the price for not it. Not to so. take anything away from Linganore, but yeah, uh, right. yeah that made an yeah, for them. Right. So, but, but Urbana and Linganore, uh, uh, I mean, even though Middletown might be the best team, I mean, you got to like uh, Urbana and Linganore because they have more favorable regions. Mm-hmm. Um, boys are uh, 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 Urbana, of course. Yeah, I, I, again, I mean, Urbana boys are just again kind of the total package i mean you know they're they've run through the county once again like 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 it's been like has been expected um you know they're real they're the i i do really like what they're doing is for a lot of their non-conference games they're traveling to like anne arundel county baltimore county some of the shore teams that are like perennial powers like they went to ken island like a week and a half ago and they're really testing themselves against a lot of you know these these you know state powers and they're winning some of them. They're not, you know, losing some of them. But like, that, that's that's what's gonna, you know, give them probably a real edge, or at least like, you know, an edge at least in seeing that competitiveness. And again, I think they've got a fairly easy draw, at least to the state. Now, I don't want, I don't want to go too far out of myself, but at least to the state semifinals. Yeah, then it kind of depends because then there's that's when you get some of the Anne Arundel County teams kind of involved. But like, you know, they, they they've really tested themselves and they've. They, they they're dominant, you know. I would not be surprised if 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 they, if they go all the way. Uh, anyone else? Linganore? Linganore, Linganore is good. Um, they're good. I, and again, I think they pretty e- again. I don't want to say pretty easily because um, Tuscarora did give them a little bit of a run for their money uh, when they played when they played the week about a week and a half ago. But uh, they're probably whichever one of those teams comes out will probably you know come out of the region but i don't know if they'll go much further than that again they're both they're both good teams definitely and i mean honestly uh, jackson curtis for lingonor is he's the best goal he's the best goalie in the county so like again that'll you know that yeah, alone he gives them a chance right? that alone will give him give him enough of a of a draw but um uh again the, the the time i saw them was when they played urbana and they really tried to like slow the game down grind it down play a defensive game which you know again works works for a while but I, i'm not you know i'm not 100 percent sure uh, you know what? Because their defense, I, I, I want to say like Tuscaloosa yeah. and Urbana, they both scored eight goals. That's the most they've allowed. Yeah. Think, all year. So they're, yeah. So, I mean, so their defense is really good. It's just like, you know, can their offense be consistent enough to get, or at least, you know, once they start facing maybe better defenses or stronger competition, maybe breakthrough. Because in that Urbana game, they only scored seven, um, you know, so. We'll have to see there. Yeah, uh, so CMC lacrosse this weekend, baseball, softball early next week. Draws, I guess, are early next week too. Yeah, well, so the first day of playoffs is Wednesday for lacrosse. Um, next Wednesday, the tenth for lacrosse. So I'm guessing draws will probably be on Monday or Tuesday. Um, probably Monday. I'm guessing it would be Monday for lacrosse and Tuesday for Tuesday for baseball, softball. But and when do don't baseball? Hold me to that. When do when do baseball and softball? Uh, Thursday. Start? Thursday. Okay, yeah. that's first day of playoffs. Of course, we have county track, uh, Frederick County track meet. Uh, Thursday, we have uh, county tennis next week too. So, in some of the more individualized sports, we're we're getting into some some important events too. So we just had a I know we just had CMC uh, track today and a Urban, right. or in a, Ur- Urbana Urbana girls, girls and TJ as, yeah, boys of course kinda. right they continuing their mm-hmm. uh, dominance from the indoor <laughs> season and they, they they won again. So all right, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Jordan Addison's mom, uh, Keisha Blackman. Uh, stay with us here on the final score. 
Well, I am sitting across from one proud mama right now. Uh, Keisha Blackman had a front row seat in Kansas City last week as her son, Jordan Addison, was drafted into the NFL at number 23 overall in the first round by the Minnesota Vikings. Jordan was just the second player from Frederick County ever taken in the first round of the draft after Chuck Foreman, the former Frederick High great, who was taken 12th overall also by the Vikings in 1973. To talk about all this and the, and the whirlwind uh, her, her last several months have been, I'm very happy to have uh, Keisha, a Frederick uh, resident, in studio with me. Hi, Keisha. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It, it has been an eventful last week, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. I mean, as, as we're watching this unfold and, and, and your son's lifelong dream comes true, we, we can only imagine what, what, what that is like. But, but as his mom, well, what is this process and what has the last week been like for you? Uh, the last week has been it's it's been a lot it's been a roller coaster of emotions actually. Um, you go from excited, super happy, to nervous, to just you know to whatever. At some point, you know you just don't even know how you're feeling anymore. Um, however, the transition was good. We got there. We got to Kansas City. We had a good time. We met a lot of people. We met a lot of. Um, Sports hoes. We've met a lot of NFL players that are played currently. We've met ex NFL players. I mean, it was really nice. Well, what was the experience surreal uh, to some level for you? It was very surreal, but it was actually more normal than what I thought it was going to be. Really? In what ways? Yeah. Um, it was just like going to like a conference or or just going to you know, uh, another football game and you see a lot of different people there. I mean, it was it was very normal. It was very relaxed. And we actually had a really good time. Yeah. Tell us when this dream of playing in the NFL started for Jordan. He was about six. He was about six years old. Six years old. And sort of he was just watching a game or he saw some friends playing or sort of how did it how did it start or when did you learn of it? <laughs> I, um, I think it was a Super Bowl game at my brother's house, my brother Lee's house. They had it was when the Giants was playing the Patriots. And from that point on, he's like, I'm going to the NFL. And I'm like, yes, you are. You were. I mean, I mean, kids say the darndest things they do. All, all the time, and, it, and it's great to have dreams, but um, but he was confident that this is what I want to do. Did, did you sort of laugh and chuckle, like, sure you are, Jordan, sure you are? Um, no, I just felt like, okay, like, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. Right. Even, even though it was football. Even what, though what, it was football, and even though he was young, you know, you don't take a kid's dream from them. So... And I'm glad that I didn't because look at where he is now. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> absolutely. And how old was Jordan when he started to play football? He was four and a half, five. Four and a half, five. Okay. And and, and from what I understand from from talking to some of his coaches with the Montgomery Village Chiefs, like like Jordan really wanted to play football, but he was a little too young to play. He was. And and, and, and Coach Q, uh, uh, Quentin uh, Cosby, and Coach Rob, Rob yes. Robinson, who we had on the podcast last week, they said, man, this kid really wants to play. Let's talk to you, let's talk to you as mother and, right. and, and, and see how serious he is about playing. Because right. if we're going to put a young kid on the field, we want to be sure that he's serious about doing it. Absolutely. It? I, they didn't just talk to me. The, the commissioner talked to me, and then he said to me, well – I want to talk to Jordan because I guess he wanted to make sure like I wasn't pressing him to do this. And I'm like, it's definitely not me. So he pulled him to the side and had a conversation and then came back and said, 
go ahead and sign him up. Right. And then now Jordan had an older brother who, who, yes, who, who played football. Michael. How much did Michael's influence sort of rub off on Jordan? Oh, it had a, a, a super huge influence. And I think that's why he, he wanted to do it so badly because he was out there on that field running around at two years old while his older brother was playing. So that's all he's seen on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday were, was game day. So we pretty much did that. I mean, it was a part of our life. And he was there watching it, and he wanted to be a big part of it as well. And when he got his chance, he, he did what he needed to do. Right. So, so Jordan's not only seeing this on television, he's seeing his brother do this uh, yes. all, all the time. And he's saying, man, this, look, this looks like fun. This, yes. this, this is where I want to be. Yes. This is what I want to be doing. Yes. Um, and you felt comfortable with him playing with older, older kids uh, right away? or I did, because he always played in the back with Michael and his friends. So he was fully acclimated with playing with kids bigger than him and older than him. And his brother was there teaching him the ropes. And I would sit out on our deck and watch them run around in the, in the backyard. So he was definitely ready to go. Right. And his first position was tight end. He didn't have the ball in his hands uh, a lot. It's sort of an unceremonious position in youth football. Correct. There's not a ton of passing in youth football. Correct. So, so, but but you knew Jordan's ability, obviously. Sure. So, 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 so when you're watching him play tight end and maybe he's not getting the ball as much as uh, you might think or others might think, were you, were you saying, hey, were you, Jordan needs the ball in his hands a little more? <laughs> no, I wasn't because this was like his first year of playing. So he needed to learn the game first before we can talk about what he can do with the ball because at you know at this time we don't we didn't really know so like that first year that he started playing he was just learning the ropes now when he came out that second year of flag football that's when we knew like oh boy yeah you you knew you had something because 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 rob robinson as he explained last week he said this is one of the best athletes uh, on, on on our team. And every time we put the ball in his hands, they were running, I guess, tight end sweeps or, yes. or some running play. Yes. The, 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 this this little boy is scoring a touchdown every 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 time he touched the ball. Absolutely. Well, were you surprised about how quick? Well, I, I, I guess not because you had watched him play and knew his ability. But... Well, no, I watched him play. But coming out that second year, I was very surprised. I mean, you, you think I'm watching him that first year play and it's, you know, it's just organized and he's just learning. So there wasn't any touchdowns or anything like that. And I remember um, that spring when we started flag, my mom and I were at the field and we we're sitting in our lawn chairs and I ended up having to leave to take my daughter to the restroom. And then my mom calls me and she's like, oh, my God, Keisha Jordan scored. And I'm like, what? So we're rushing back to the field. And I mean, he scored like four times that game. Right. Yeah. Right. When when did you know he had the ability to really play football on a high level? I mean, he didn't want to squ squash his dreams, but 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 you weren't sure. I mean, no 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 one could tell at age four what a, no. what a child's going to develop into. No. But, but but when did you think that the dream really had a chance of coming true? I think that um, once he started playing with uh, Joey Hooks for grassroots, it started to sink in. Like, wait, he can really be, he can really be good. He can really be good. And then I know after. That season, I think this was like he played with them eighth grade. Then we did um, a passing league with them. And um, at that point, when we started with the spring passing league, it was just crazy because it's like we're we're traveling. So, you know, they're going to South Carolina, all different places in a passing league. And he was always really, really good. And then a lot of schools started coming um, 
well, private schools. Like, oh, well, we want them, we want them. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that private school thing no more. I went through that with my oldest son, and, and I'm done with that. He's going to public school. And I felt like, you know, if he is this good, they will find him. And yes. they did. What what position did you see Jordan playing as, as he moved up the ranks? Did you always think he was going to be a quarterback? Did you think he would migrate to another position? Or he, I really didn't know because he played multiple positions. And even like once he got to high school, his very first year, um, Coach A. Hearn came and sat down with us, and he ended up playing cornerback. But he was really good at cornerback. Right. Um, but there were a lot of seniors there at the time, a lot of older kids, and he was a true freshman coming in. And he – I don't need. I think he played JV maybe one game, and then he moved straight up. And at the time, um, Coach Ahern was like, well, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to start, blah, 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 all this. And then as soon as he could, first game, he's starting at corner. So his his freshman year, he played defense. And then that second year coming into high school, his sophomore year, he was playing a little bit of everything. Yeah, it, it seems like everyone eventually comes to the realization that, you, that you, if, you, if you put a football in Jordan's hands, absolutely, he's he's going to make something happen. Yes. yes. Uh, beyond just the, the shuttling uh, him to practice and going to all these games and, and, and various camps and, and everything, just how big uh, was football in the in, in your home? Were you guys watching it every week? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Football's always been huge. It, always, always. Been, always been huge th- always. Th- throughout the family, throughout the entire family. Right, but and Jordan, George's team growing up was not was not the Vikings. It was the New York Giants. New right? York Giants. Okay. That's all of our team until now. <laughs> uh, how how did you become Giants fans? Actually, it was my uncle and my brother. So um, my uncle, who is, of course, older than my brother and I, he was always a Giants fan. And then my brother started to become a Giants fan. And then it just it just trickled down. And my brother, I don't even know if I really was a fan at one point, but my brother played football as well. And he was diehard. And then he started to get all of his sons, then his nephews, and just turn them into Giants fans and they just grew up Giants fans, and then I became a Giants fan. <laughs> sure. Um, did you think the Giants might draft Jordan? Because I, I know he visited with him, and, and they were so, sort of they they were sort of in the range where he might sure. have been taken. Sure. Um, my fingers were crossed, definitely. And then, especially once it got down to those latter picks, which we already knew we were going to be in a certain range. So, um, yeah, I was hopeful that. We kind of, especially after he was the last receiver to go. And when Minnesota came up, I'm like, okay, if we get past them, I know we're going to the Giants because Jacksonville doesn't have a need for a receiver. So I'm like, maybe they'll trade up in that spot. And as soon as that got down to like four minute mark, his phone rung and I said, Jesus, we're going to Minnesota. And then I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? The whole time, we knew Minnesota was like they they wanted them. they wanted him, but you know I'm seeing people pass and pass and pass. So I'm like, okay, I think we're good because I knew the Giants definitely did. They 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 were around a lot. Right. I mean, I, you're you're thrilled to have him on the Vikings. Absolutely. I, 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 you're happy with the Vikings, but but how surreal would it have been for you to to, to see him in, in in New York with the Giants? Oh my God, I probably would have passed out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I you... probably would have passed out, but it's okay. I am 
happy with oh, Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. And I know, I know he is, too. Yes, uh, he is. Right. Uh, I, I want to go back to when he was first getting recruited by colleges. Uh, he's been this fantastic football player mm-hmm. uh, th- throughout his uh, childhood growing up. He's, he's having a great high school career as both a defensive back and and a offensive player, quarterback, a receiver at, at Tuscarora High School. Uh, he attracted a lot of uh, high major uh, college attention. What, what was that like for him going through the recruiting process? It started off, I think it was fun, but as we continue through the process, it started to get stressful because you, you got to think you have so many different schools calling and so many different schools wanting you to come on visits. And we were doing, you know, both. We were taking calls, we were going on visits. And then after a while, it was just like, okay, I'm done, you know? And and even though he felt done, I think he was just overwhelmed with the with everything. It's not like he really knew where he wanted it's to so, go. It's so many choices, too. He has so many choices, but he really wanted to stay in Maryland. But when that situation happened um, with DJ Durkin at that time, and then all the staff was let go and, you know, that whole process, um, Chris Beatty came from him, for him, like, hard. And he stuck with him throughout the process, and so— we ended up at Pitt. Right. Uh, Chris Beattie was the, Mar- the receiver's coach at Maryland. He coached DJ Moore, who's, yes. who's a very fine uh, yes. NFL receiver. He, uh, he had made a connection with Jordan through, I believe, one of the, one of the camps yes. uh, that, that, that Jordan attended. And, and now Chris is under Pat Narduzzi as his receiver's Correct. coach at Pitt. And Pitt, uh, like, a lot of schools like Jordan as a defensive back. They, they wanted him to come to college and, and play defensive back there. Sure. Pitt wanted him uh, as a wide receiver. They, they were interested in him, as, and, and now he knows someone at Pitt. Uh, just just playing offense. I, I I know the story was told that Michael told Jordan that hey, you need the ball. You need yes. the ball in your hands. Yes. Just just uh, how instrumental was that in just him um, going to Pitt, or just how important was that for him to stay on the offensive side of the ball? I think it was very important to to a degree because he he trusted. His brother's words. He trusted his brother when it came to just football. Period, and um, I, I think it played a, a really big role in him making that decision to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm just going to be a wide receiver." But you know, Jordan and I also spoke about that, and I told him, "Look, you know, don't do what somebody wants you to do. You do what you want to do." And he said, "Well, mom, I think I want to just." be a receiver, then be a receiver then. You have too many options at this point. So you don't have to just say, well, because this team wants me, I'm going to be a corner. No, you be where you want to be and you go where you want to go, where you're going to be happy. Right. So, so he goes to Pitt. Uh, he's in a great situation. Uh, Chris is there, obviously. Uh, coach Narduzzi, uh, who, who's, who's an offensive coach, uh, is there. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, yes. is, is, is an excellent quarterback. He's there. And, and Pitt has a pretty good team around him. And all of a sudden, Jordan takes takes off, really in his first year at the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but, and he had a great freshman year. And then by his sophomore year, uh, he he's putting up some of the best numbers in the country, and he was named yes. uh, the Bolitnikoff Award winner is, is the best receiver in college football. For, for you watching that happen just over the two-year process at Pitt, what was that like for you? It was amazing. Um, I knew he could do it. Like, when he got there that first year and he sat, he, they did an interview of him, and they sat him behind the Bolitnikoff Award, and he turned around, looked at it, and he smiled, and he was like, I'm going to be there one day. And... He was there the following year. So it was like, it was very surreal, but I know what he puts his mind to. He's going to get it done. 
Yeah, it, I want to ask you about that uh, too. But 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 it seems like everything is everything happens very quickly with him. Like yes. like he 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 develops so quickly. Uh, you you give him something to do and and he puts it into practice right away. What why how did he develop that skill and and why do you think he's so good at just putting things into practice very quickly? Um, because he knows where he wants to go. So I think that when you are giving him the tools in order to do this. He's going to utilize that and take it and do what he needs to do to move to that next level. He's not a kid that will just stay stagnant. You tell him something and it goes in one ear and out the other. No, he's the one that's going to be receptive to it. He may not speak too much about it. He may not say anything. But once you start giving him tools that's going to make him develop and make him better, he always keeps that in his mind and he goes and does it. Absolutely. I I wanted to ask you about the process of him transferring from Pitt, because as he became this great receiver, one of the best receivers in college football, all of a sudden a name, image and likeness is becoming a huge thing in college football. And it's creating all these uh, off the field opportunities uh, for these kids. But uh, after his sophomore year at Pitt, things changed. Uh, His offensive coordinator left. Yes. Uh, Chris Beattie left uh, to to go to the NFL. Uh, Kenny Pickett was a Heisman trophy finalist. He uh, he was drafted in the first round. Yes. And, 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 and Jordan um, was, was looking at his opportunities and saying, I I might be, I might be better off somewhere else. Yes. Now, now I know, he took a lot of flack for his decision to transfer to Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, many believed it was strictly driven by name, image, and likeness stuff. I, I wanted to get clarity from you on that, and just he, he got a lot. He got more blowback than the most kids. Uh, mm-hmm. who, everyone's transferring in this day and Absolutely. age, and Jordan got a lot of blowback for his decision to transfer. Can you talk about how you, you and the family dealt with that? Um, I mean, it was it was a very difficult situation as it started to arise. One thing I can say, it was never about money. Um, Jordan sat back. We, He and I, he had actually, it's crazy because right after the bowl game, we had a conversation about, well, mom, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, no, you're fine. Just stick it out. Let's see how everything goes. You know, and he said, okay, I'll wait till we get through spring ball and then we'll see how it goes. Honestly, I think him sitting on that sideline in spring ball and not playing made a very made it more clear to him that you know what I don't see how I'm going to work here Mm -hmm. I don't see you know I don't you know he just he just didn't see it anymore he didn't see that envision there and um, he came back and he talked to me again after spring brawl and he said mom you know I don't think this is going to work for me I don't know if I'm going to be happy here so it got down to it a little more. Everybody kept throwing the money thing in there. And it's like he was not even there was the least thing from his mind, you know. And he even said to me, like, Mom, I don't even care about getting any money. I just I just want to put myself in a position where I can be great. And I just don't see myself being great here anymore. And we went through the process. And that was just that. I mean, I had to trust him at a time where I'm like really didn't. Even in my head, I just didn't understand what we're doing right now. And then I'm like, oh, my God, Southern California. And then there were other teams in the process as well. Um, I think he did have his mind made up where he wanted to go. However, it had nothing to do with NIL and all the NIL stuff that they were saying. He didn't make no $3.5 million to this day at USC. It was never anything like that. It was just like any other structured school 
And that's just what it was. And I, and I remember it was this NIL thing is taking off and, he, and yes. he, his name was in the transfer portal and stuff. I called you and said, hey, uh, how much of this is NIL driven and, and just right. uh, and what, what sort of influence is NIL having on, on this decision? And you said we're being you told me at the time that we're being very conservative with, with NIL. We're not yeah. we're, we're, we're not going to jump into yeah. uh, just the first offer that we get. We're going to we're going to research things. We're, we're going to we're going to take our time with this. Absolutely. And to you, that was very important. Absolutely, because that's not what this was about. And furthermore, even like with the NIL, it's not like, you know, they're just throwing money at you. You know, he has things he has to do. He has to do photo shoots. He has to do um, signings. This isn't like they just give you this money to come and play with them. They don't give the school doesn't give you anything. It's up to your NIL representative to work different deals of that of that nature. So it wasn't what people were saying like everything that was going on on the news that that had nothing to do with anything basically he was leaving period it had nothing to do with money and even after getting to USC there was no millions of dollars there. It, it was. A, it sounds like it was a football-driven decision. It was just decision. a football-driven decision. Right, because the new coach was at USC. And, Absolutely. And, and, and coach Lincoln Riley, too. Yeah. And, and he ran a great offense at Oklahoma. Sure. Had quarterbacks develop into Heisman Trophy-winning sure. quarterbacks. So, so right, it was it, a football. It's just a decision that needs to be respected because everyone now is doing it. And, you know, you, you let the player go. You let them make their decision and let them live their life. It, it's life now. It is what it is. Right. Everyone was doing it, but Jordan sort of became the flashpoint case. He, because of his stature at the time, because right. he was the Belenikoff winner. So why would a Belenikoff winner want to up and go to a totally different school? Well, that's why. It was a football decision. Right. Well, were you sort of taken aback by the blowback that he was getting? I was. I was. I couldn't believe it because I'm like, these people don't even know him as a person. And, you know, to hear the things that were being said and being written and it was hard to take in. But it's like, OK, Keisha, get it together because this is the way it's getting ready to be. Did you have to bite your tongue at, at certain times? Like you want to you want to you respond to these of people, course. but you're like, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, I, I just shouldn't because it, that's not going to be appropriate for me to do that. So just let people talk. Let them say what they say. And. You know, basically, we got to keep our eyes on the prize, and I got to make sure Jordan is okay, and Jordan has to make sure he's okay with football. Well, what sort of NIL uh, opportunities did develop for Jordan at, at USC? As far as just, you mean, did what you, he got to do? Yes. I mean, like I said, it was just a bunch of signings. He could sign helmets. He's signing uh, T-shirts. He's signing labels. He's signing cards. Um, he got an NIL deal with the car dealership where he just, he had to do like a video for that. And then it was like a, you know, car lease thing. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Right. How did you observe Jordan dealing with sort of the blowback that he was getting? He was actually okay. You know, he just, he told me, he said, mom, stop listening to that. Stop reading it. Please turn your phone off and stay off social media. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You know, like he was good with it. He's like, I don't even read any of that stuff. And I would be so angry. And that's what he told me. Like, stay off social media. Just don't even read that stuff. And it, I'm like, it, okay. It's good advice uh, for, for yeah. all of us. Put, 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 put the phone away. Uh, exactly. Uh, tune out uh, from time to yeah, time. Yeah, and this is a kid telling his mom this. So I was like... <laughs> 
And and the decision, of course, played off because he had a he had a fantastic year at USC. He helped Caleb Williams, the quarterback, uh, win, win win the Heisman Trophy. Absolutely. And it put him in position to get where he is today. Uh, he was he was he turned himself into a first round draft choice. Dead. So uh, so he declares for the draft. Was that a surreal moment for you? Was his mother like, well, this is getting really close now? Um, yeah, I mean, I knew that was coming, and we had already talked. The, hey, if you get an invitation, do you want to go? Yes, I'm going. Right. Okay. And we pretty much knew, I mean, not know, you never know, but we got the invitation and it was like, okay, next steps, we're headed to KC. And that was pretty much that. Right. So, so, he, so he did the combine and then, and then he went on a bunch of visits. Did you accompany him on some of these visits or no. you did it? Okay. No. It was all him and you would just, you would just say, what do you think and stuff like that? Yeah. He did a lot of the visits. He did all the visits, um, solo, but I think that's how they wanted it, which right. was, which was good. Mm -hmm. You know, right. um, I think that gave them a chance to bond with him solely and him bond with them without any outside pressure or noise. Right. What, what would he tell you after he made some of these visits? He never had anything negative to say about any of the visits. He, pretty much said, you know, I liked everyone. People were respectful, you know, just pretty much just trying to figure out how he would fit into their scheme mostly, but that's about it. Did they have a certain uh, special, better feeling after the Minnesota visit? Did, did he tell you anything about Minnesota? They're like, um, yeah. You know, the Minnesota visit, they basically just told him, hey, you know, we're going to see you back here in, in three weeks. And that was his last and final visit it was. before the draft okay yeah but wasn't everyone telling him that like we're gonna take you i'm, and I'm stuff? sure he didn't express that about all of them but a, a few did right i mean there's yeah. so much information during the draft that you exactly. have that you sort of have to help him navigate like maybe you should believe this or, or don't believe that or, or just no just, just... jordan is a very 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 smart kid right uh, he's sharp Right. He's sharp. So he knows he knows when someone's blowing smoke and, and, and stuff like that. Absolutely. So. And he doesn't entertain a lot. So, you know, he takes your word for what your word is and then he keeps it moving. And whatever happens, happens. Right. So so what was it like to be at the draft? You get that you get this invite and you're one of 17 players uh, invited to the draft. So, so so sort of take me through the process. So you fly to Kansas City, what, the, the, the day before the draft? Just no, to... no, no. We flew to Kansas City Tuesday. So we were there two days, before. two days before the draft because they had, uh, you know, like parents panels, di just different little events for uh, the family. So we got in on Tuesday. Um, it was great. We got checked in. Um, that evening they had a, like a meet and greet, like a little reception for the parents and the players. So we did that. And then the next day we were kind of just on our own. We had a couple little, uh, uh, the parents panel, I think was on Wednesday. And then we pretty much just got to go through the city and relax or chill in the hotel or, you know, pretty much whatever you wanted to do. Well, well what's the general message they're trying to convey to you as a mother in, in the parents panel? They were basically just giving us information on, okay, hey, these are the things that are going to happen, uh, you know, once your son is drafted. And they would tell you, you know, what, you know, basically next steps, what to expect, um, different money management skills that you can get them in. Just a lot of different, very informative things um, for us as parents to be able to back our children up, even though they're going to have to be the ones to do it. But, you know, so that we know how to do things without that putting that pressure on. Right. So, so finally, it's draft day. It's Thursday. What, what was that day like? How, how, every, how, how was everyone's nerves? Was, was Jordan nervous or was, was he anxious? Was he uh, just uh, um, just 
calm and collected or just just yeah. what, what, what was the general vibe on the day of the draft? Um, everybody was just pretty calm, basically. Um, it was it felt like a really long day, but, you know, we all got up. We went to breakfast at the hotel. And then after that, everybody just dispersed and started doing their own thing. The NFL had a spa day for all the parents, so parents and family. So you can just go do that. Um, it was just different things that you can do. They have massages, so, you know, to calm people's nerves. And, 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 and you took advantage of some of this stuff? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Don't blame me there. What was it like arriving? And you see this massive stage and, all, and it's oh, all these people. God. It was just like, wow. I mean, it was a ton of people. We were, the red carpet was like over a bridge, and then you can look off to both sides, and you just see people on both sides coming coming up to the stage. I mean, it was crazy. I was looking like, I didn't even know they had this many people in Kansas City, and I'm from Missouri. So. <laughs> oh, you are? No yes. kidding. Okay. Um, did, did you did you get a limo ride over, or how did you get to the draft? They they actually, they were um, limo buses, okay. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So there were maybe about nine of them with different families. We rode in the bus with Bryce Young and his family. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, it's nice because we always bump into each other <laughs> in different places. So that was nice. Um, but as we left, as we were pulling out, I mean, it was fans everywhere clapping. And, you know, we had the police escort. So it was it was nice. It I was, really was cool. going to say, did you feel like celebrities? Yes, definitely. You, you, you did. Definitely. So you're getting the full red carpet treatment and then you, you arrive at the draft. You, you, you're you're in all of the big stage and everything and, and all the people there. And, and then you get into the green room. Most of us don't get the chance to sit in an NFL green room. <laughs> right. uh, just what's the sort of setup and layout of the green room? What, what, it was beautiful. It like? yeah. um, they had, you know, beautiful sofas and chairs and the, the, you know, the chairs for the prospects. And then there were sofas for all of us to sit on. Um, they fed us. You know, we got to eat. Um, it was it was a beautiful setup. They had the TVs all the way around. And then you had, you know, each player had their own section. So it was it was nice. Did you have your own table? Like this is this is yes, uh, this is this the, is yes. this, your family's yes, table. This, okay, correct. Okay, and, and how early do you arrive? How how long before the draft do you get there? We left about three three thirty because we had to do the red carpet, and then we got over to where the actual green room was. So we, we were out pretty early before the draft started. Okay. Yeah, because Jordan, of course, he got he got to get some pictures taken um, before the red carpet. Yes. Um, I have to ask you about the suit. Uh, did, 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 <laughs> did, did, did he pick? It was, it was a pink suit. Um, yes. Uh, he, had some, I, he had some white sunglasses on. Uh, was this a mother? Did, did mom help him pick this outfit, or how did his sort of wardrobe come together for oh, the draft? Oh, no. Oh, no. He picked it himself. Jordan is, is very crafty and... He's very good with the way he dresses. Um, so, no, he he picked all that out. He sent me, probably a couple months ago, he sent me the material. And I was like, oh, okay. And then um, maybe a week before the draft, he sent me an actual picture of his suit. And he's like, Mom, do not show anybody. So I said, I'm not going to show anybody. I just want to see it. Right. And then he showed me a picture with him on. I was like, oh, boy. What did you think the first time you saw the suit? I thought it was amazing. I'm like, only you could pull that off. Right. Did someone design this suit for him? Yes. Or, uh, yes, it was custom made. It, it, it was it was custom made. It was so, custom so, made. So, so this was this was his draft suit. This, yes. This was this wasn't he found a suit in no. a store or anything like no. that. So. No. No. Um, so, so you get in the green room and just what, what's what's the vibe? What's the energy? I, I know everyone's excited, but there's, there's probably a lot of nervousness too because because no one uh, knows what's going to happen really. 
It it was, but as you can look from table to table, people were kind of just, you know, trying to be around their loved one and, yeah. you know, be supportive and all that. So I don't think it really got real until maybe once it got down to the fifth pick, sixth pick, then you can see people starting to be a little more tense and like, you know, none of the receivers though, because like I said, I think everybody pretty much knew around the time they were going to start calling receivers. So it didn't really get tense for us until maybe around like the 19th pick. Cause now we're like, okay, it's getting ready to go. Is it sort of weird that the room's getting emptier and emptier uh, as the night goes on? Yeah. I mean, we really couldn't tell because of where we were seated at. We were kind of all the way in the back by the door where the families come out at. So um, we really couldn't, couldn't tell you know, as far as how empty it was starting to get. But, you know, you start seeing families walk out, so you know, but it's not like you can see everybody, so you don't know how many people are left. Right. Um, Jordan, was he was he taking calls? Was, was his agent in constant communication throughout the first round with him saying, I'm hearing this or I'm hearing that? Oh, no, he was there with us. Oh, he, he was. Okay. Yes, he and his wife were there with us in the green room. Uh, so. they, they were. Okay. Yes. But, but was he on the phone uh, constantly? Oh, I yeah, imagine? he was yeah. moving around a lot uh, as well. Right, because so. yeah, I'm sure he, like, he's, because uh, he's, trying to figure out what's going to happen before before anyone else knows. So um, right before Jordan was drafted at 23, three receivers uh, uh, went off the board. Did that, did that change uh, the family's thinking at all? It didn't change Uh, mine. He was a little uncomfortable, but you know, not in a bad way. It was just like, okay. I I know, but like what's going to, what's going to happen now that three receivers have just come off the board. Right. So. So he was, he actually handled everything really well. He stayed calm. He just sat in his chair and, you know, watched his phone. When Minnesota did come up, that's when I seen him really start checking his phone, you know. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Because this is a receiver-needy team. He, it was his last visit, It was his course. last visit, and they told him, like, if you're on the board, when we get to you, we're calling. So I think once they came up, he said, okay, well, let me see if they're really going to, you know, Do it. call. And they did. It got down to four minutes, and I just happened to turn. I was looking a separate way, and I turned back around, and he's on the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's happening. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So I'm, I'm, you know, on my phone trying to text my husband and my daughter to say, hey, I think we're up, so that they know to come to the front of the stage. And, yeah, he got off the phone, and he was like, I'm a Viking. And we just was like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> who, who, who was in the green room with him? Because I, um, I saw you hugged you and a bunch of other people yeah, on TV. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. myself, um, his two brothers, his dad, and the, uh, his agent and her, his wife, and then his old receiver coach from um, Pitt, uh, Brennan uh, Marion. Uh, uh, Marion. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're very nice because Brennan came in after after Chris left for the NFL, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Was yes. This... He won the Belenikoff when um, Marion was there. Uh, right. When when Marion was there. Was, right. was jo- had Jordan been on his phone? Like when, when he was on the phone, when you saw him on the phone, did you know something was I happening? I already knew because, or... no, he hadn't been on his phone the whole night. Okay. So you, yeah. knew, so you knew the moment yeah, was I happening. Knew. Okay. Yep. Uh, his, his emotions, his head was probably spinning uh, yeah. and, and going in a million uh, different ways. What What was your... Um, mental makeup in in that moment when he got drafted. I was like, finally, you know, like, finally, okay. And then I was just excited. I thought I was going to cry, but I think, I think, you know, when you go through that for three and a half hours, sometimes, you know, that, that kind of emotion just, it just leaves because now you're just so excited and happy. So 
that's kind of where I was. Right. And so, so you didn't cry because you were telling me before you. I didn't, and I thought it, it, I was going it was to. It be bad, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And <laughs> no, I think I had a couple of tears before I left the hotel, and you know, said a little prayer to myself before I walked out the door to meet with him, and then I was good. Right. So, so he gets up. He's drafted. The the, yes. the, 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 the Vikings take him, and, and then he leaves the room to go shake hands with the commissioner. Yes. And how did you sort of get to witness all of that? Did you have to watch it on television, like all of us? Yes, or? we had to watch it from the back. But we really didn't even get to watch. It. I didn't get to see any of that until I got home because as soon as he walked out, all the cameras are like in our face. Right. And then once we done, you know, saying whatever we needed to say to the press, then they just walked us out behind the stage and we waited for him. And then we all got our hats and we got to take pictures and, you know, that kind of a thing. And then we're waiting for him like, OK, he's coming back to the hotel. And they're like, no, he has to do press. So he was with press for like maybe an hour and a half after we left and then we he met us back at the hotel right and i imagine you were on your phone too so you're, yeah. you're trying to watch him on tv yes. shake hands with yes. the commissioner of the nfl <laughs> roger goodell yeah and missed all of that and, 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 and you're trying to to, to to talk to everyone that's trying to talk to you yes. too so yes. so i mean that had to be one of the greatest moments of your life right it was yeah. it was it was amazing it was it was definitely surreal it's a Definitely a once in a lifetime. People don't get to experience that, right. and, you know, and I am beyond blessed to be able to have experienced it with my children. Right. And, and Keisha, of course, is sitting here wearing her Minnesota Vikings hat. <laughs> she, she has traded her allegiance. Uh, she, I have. She has traded her New York Giants <laughs> fan card in. She's officially a fan of the Minnesota officially. Vikings. I told her I would have been disappointed <laughs> if she did not come in here with, 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 with the Vikings hat on. So sort, of, so, so sort of after the whirlwind of the draft night happens, so sort of what happens? He has to get to, to Minnesota to meet, with, yes. to, to meet with the press? Or? He flew right out to Minnesota the next morning to meet with press. I think he was there for maybe four hours, and then he flew back to L.A. He flew back to L.A. Same day. Is, is that where he's sort of based right now? Yes. Out, out in L.A.? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and then what was, what did he sort of tell you about the, the, pr the press experience and sort of being, uh, meeting, I, I know he knew coach O'Connell and yes. he knew, uh, 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 the, the GM and, and, and some of the players, but what did he just tell you about the whole experience his first day in Minnesota? He was mesmerized. He was just happy to be there. Um, I was able to watch some of the, the press that they put up afterwards and you could tell he was just super excited and just ready to go at this point. He know where he's going and now it's just time to work. Well, when you watch Jordan, it seems like he's doing exactly what he was meant to do. Yes, definitely. Right. And, and that's why he's going to succeed. It, definitely. it, it seems to me because he is a football yes. junkie. Like this, yes. is, like this is what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and, and nothing's going to stop him from, from, from being successful. No. He's willing to work hard. Um, uh, he doesn't care about all the other stuff. Exactly. Uh, as long as the, the football part is, 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 is happening, in peace exactly. is in place and happening exactly. first so yes. Yes. yeah so so the, i mean to me watching him like because people say he's too small and, oh, yeah. and, and you hear you hear all the the, the naysayers out there but but w w when you know that like how hard this kid works and and how he's doing it and how passionate it is mm -hmm. he is for it like he's going to find a way to, to, to he's make gonna it find a way he to, always has to make, to make it successful absolutely yeah um so so what sort of the steps here that, that you could tell us like for, from here so there's going to be rookie uh, orientation and yes. many mini camps and rookie mini yes. camps and all that um, so. the only thing i know 
as of now, I haven't gotten a full schedule yet. Uh, we're kind of in the process of all that. But as of right now, he's doing rookie camp. He goes in May 11th. He'll be there for three days. And um, then I don't know what the next steps is at this point after that. Right. Uh, have you had a chance to take a deep breath after after, after all of this? Uh, I have. Keisha, I've been have. sleeping really good. <laughs> yeah, well, that, 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 that is good. I mean, you, you probably you, you probably weren't getting a lot of sleep. Uh, no, in, no. In, in the last week. No. So, so have you sort of had that pinch pinch uh, yourself moment that this has actually happened? Ah, you know what? I don't know. Everybody keeps asking me like, "How does it feel?" And I'm like, "It still feels the same. I don't know." It. it it's like I know that it, it's happened, but it doesn't it hasn't like really hit me like, oh, my gosh, you know, so I'm still not there yet. I'm sure it's coming. I kind of think maybe like Jordan said, I don't think it'll hit until I see him in those pads, you know, and then it's right. like, whew. Right. You know. But at the same time, you're sort of used to this because you've watched him be, yeah, a, be, a, be, be, a, be a top college player. For, for, so you're, so like seeing him on TV. Like, same thing. Like, it was the like, same way when he went to SC. It didn't really hit until that first game. Right. Yeah. You it, know? And, and it's not really new to you because right. you, you've seen your son in all the right. high, highlight reels and stuff exactly. like that. So, so this is just the next, evo- just the next evolution yes. of that. So. Yes. I, I wanted to ask, like Chuck Foreman, uh, the, uh, uh, Frederick resident, Frederick High grad, uh, Minnesota Viking great. Um, how, how well or how familiar are you and Jordan with, with Chuck's story? And has Jordan had a chance to, to speak with him yet, to your knowledge? Um, I actually was not that familiar with it until he got drafted. And, you know, I was told, like, there's a park here named after him in Ballinger. Right, 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 right next to Tuscarora. Yeah, and right. then um, Jordan is actually meeting with him. Um, they have something set up where they're going to meet. In Minnesota, so that'll be awesome. Uh, that, that's fantastic yes. because it's the two Frederick County first, first round well, three with with Brian Brzezino of Urbana, right. but, but but it's the two Frederick County first rounders, correct? Um, uh, 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 who played for the Vikings? Correct. Uh, it, it, it's just the connections are are, are really cool. So, so, what are you looking forward to the most about how this process is going to un, unfold? I have no idea what I'm looking forward to because it's it's always it's always going to be something, and then. At the end of the day, it's going to be something that's going to require some work. So none of this is like just easy breezy. You know, it's it's not. It's it's, and I'm okay with it. I'm. I mean, I've been doing it for quite a while now. However, it's like you don't know what to look forward to, so you don't know how you're going to feel. Right. How many times have you been to Minnesota before? Before all of this, yes. twice. Twice. I've been okay. in Twin Cities two times. Two times. Yeah. And what did you think at the time? It's beautiful there. It's just cold. Right. It's a different kind of cold. You're going to have to pack your winter jacket, but, Mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. But, but at least it's an, ins- it's an inside facility. It's a dome, right. so right. There, there you go. that you're, works, you, too. You, you won't have to be bundled up um, exactly. um, during the games. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for coming in. I we, appreciate we, we, it. We'd love to have Jordan on uh, yes. uh, doing this one day. And we know you're helping uh, to help make that happen. Absolutely. So. So uh, Keisha Blackman, a uh, very proud mother. I uh, can't wait to see her son, just like all of us, play in the NFL in Minnesota. And it, it's going to come fast. I mean, the, 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 the fall is going to be is. here before we know it. So yes. uh, thanks so much uh, for coming in again, Thank Keisha. you, Greg. I appreciate you. Yep. Take care. All right. That'll do it for us this week here on The Final Score. Thanks to John Cannon and Alexander Dacey for coming on Talking Frederick County Sports as we get into playoff time uh, for the spring season. And uh, thanks to Graham Cullen uh, for producing every week and and putting all this uh, uh, stuff together for the podcast each and every week. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post. We'll see you next week here, folks, on The Final Score.